0: was thinking over some of the things that we've done. We've covered quite a bit of material uh, in the last couple of days, three times on Sunday and then last night. So tonight, I think the Lord has something for you that can be helpful in that uh, it is simple, it is clear, and I believe the next time you pass through this uh, passage of scripture, read through this passage of scripture that we're going to look at tonight what we're talking about tonight should be able to come back to you. In other words, sometimes you have to go back and check the notes in your book to sort of remember the outline. This, I think, will flow directly from the passage. And because we have been together now three days in a row, it's helpful to have something that is just alone, I think, by itself, uh, a, a, an instruction that helps us take what we've been given so far And do something with it that is profitable. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 tonight. Luke chapter 5. I encourage you to get your Bible and read along. Because rather than read through the passage and then begin an outline, I think what we'll do is we'll read through and comment on the passage as we read. So you get sort of a real idea of what's taking place here. And then we'll see from it what what we should do from what we're learning, okay? In Luke chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 1 through verse 11. But before we go into that, let's have one more word of prayer, specifically for preaching this passage and receiving what God has for us in it. Uh, Brother Garrett, if you will, please lead us in prayer and we'll continue. Thank you. Amen, amen. I think to make this easier, in case it's not a familiar passage to you, let's read the passage, and then we'll go back through it and talk a little bit about it as we, as we see it unfolding, and then make the point. Luke chapter 5, verse 1, let's read down through verse 11. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. So now you, now you know this passage. Now you see what t- takes place in the 11 verses of this episode, uh, principally in Simon Peter's life, but also in James and in John's life and in the other men that were with them. I suppose Andrew would have been there since he was... Uh, Simon Peter's brother and also a partner with him in the fishing business. Okay? So we see what's going on here. What I'd like to do now is is read and walk back through the text and kind of point out a few things that are going on here that are taking place. Watch what happens. All right, so in verse 1, the people have pressed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So there, there's, a, there's a large crowd of people there. And he is standing by the lake of Gennesaret. So you can see him on the shore. And you can see this multitude of people have gathered. Now one of the difficulties is that these that have pressed upon him that are nearby are going to be able to hear him better than those that are a little bit further away because of this. And plus it's also kind of uncomfortable in that position Uh, knowing that there are many people that need to hear what he has to say, but only few who are going to be able to receive it. So, noticing that there are two ships standing by the lake, and the fishermen are not in those ships, they're rather washing their nets. In verse 3, he enters into one of the ships. So you can see, you've probably seen this by a lake. Here, Here is the shore, and there's the ship, and so it's just, it's just banked there. The, uh, a lot of the, sh- the boat is still in the water. So he gets in this boat, in this ship, the one that belonged to Simon. And then he prayed him. He's making a request that he would thrust out a little from the land. So by doing that, what he has done is created a, a little bit of space the people can press right up to the water's edge, but by getting back a little bit, he has given himself an acoustical advantage because your voice will travel well over the water. Plus, the people that are from here, let's say to that tree out there, and the people that are along the shore that are uh, by the, what do you call that, the Bible, Bible Bible, school. When he backs up like this, he's got now a, an opportunity to see them they have the opportunity to see him. So it made perfect sense to thrust out a little from the land, not so far away that they can't hear him, but not so close that only these are going to be able to see him, and only these are the ones that he can see. So once he's there and he's seated in verse 3, he sits down, now he's seated in the ship, from there he teaches the people, he taught the people out of the ship. All right, now when he had left speaking, he says to Simon, launch out into the deep. So from this vantage point, don't go back up to the shore. Let, let's, go, let's go out. Let's go out, go out into the deep. And let down what? In verse 4, launch out of the deep and let down what? Your nets. How, is that plural? Nets. I, is it the same in, in South Africa as it is in the U.S. that the S on the end of that makes that a plural word? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding you, of course. Yeah. Most of the time. Okay. I right. just want to be sure. Let down your nets for a draft. All right. Now Simon answering said unto him, you may know a lot about the subject that you've been teaching these people, but I doubt very seriously you know much about fishing. Uh, this, this, this is the attitude. Simon answering said to him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. You know, kind of like this is a ridiculous request. We've been fishing all night. We're washing our nets now. Why would you ask her to go back out where we've been unsuccessful and fish again, right? I mean, you see that in the attitude? Mm -hmm. Nevertheless. (laughs) Right? At thy word, right? Because you said so. I will let down what? What in verse 5? The net. That's not what he told him to do. He told him to let down the nets. But Peter has this attitude you don't know much about fishing. Your, your inconvenience me. It wasn't an inconvenience for me to launch out just a little bit, thrust out a little so you could have a better opportunity to preach, but this is getting a little bit ridiculous to go out into the deep where we've been all night and let down all these nets that we've been washing, so I'll let down the net. Do you see that? Do you see that? Okay. Verse 6, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. This is why the Lord said, take the nets, plural. There's too many fish for one net. So the net break, and it break, because there are too many fish in it. This would not have been a problem if Peter had done what he asked him to do. Right? Okay. All right. And so then they in verse 7 beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they would come and hel- help. Help! <laughs> I mean, we got a problem here. So they came. So they they jump in the ship and they come and and they are getting the fish out of this broken net and there are so many fish that both the ships are beginning to sink. Folks, I don't know about you, but that's a lot of fish. Have any of you ever been fishing before? Been fishing before? Have you ever caught so many fish that the, fish, the boat was about to sink? This is not a boat. This is a ship. That's a lot of fish. That's a lot of fish. And they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Oh, he's not really running Jesus off. He's not saying depart from me like I'm running you off. He's saying depart from me because you are so righteous and so holy and I am so sinful and so much the part of a commercial fisherman. <laughs> right? I'm Sailors and fishermen have a reputation for... Bad language, okay. It's just, I'm a sinful man, oh Lord. I mean, because he's a, because why? Verse 9, he was astonished. And all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken, they were just over, they were shocked at what had just happened. So it's like, oh, I, you know, it's almost like I'm so sorry that I, that I didn't trust that when you had told me to do this, I, I would catch so many fish. And I mean, he wasn't the only one. Verse 10, James and John, the sons of Debedee, which were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said unto Simon, fear not, because it does put a little fear in you that something this magnificent and significant has happened while you were doubting. And the Lord said, fear not. From henceforth... Thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, what happened? What happened? In the end of verse 11, what happened? They forsook how much? All. All. And followed him. I want you to keep your finger here for a second. And I would like like you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Don't lose your place because we need to. This is our text. But Matthew chapter 4. What you are just reading here is. Is a. An event that took place. After what you're going to read now in Matthew chapter 4. Okay. In Matthew chapter 4. In verse 18. Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee. Okay? Sea of Galilee. Where where were they in Luke chapter 5? They were at the Sea of Gennesaret. Okay. Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother. What were they doing? In verse 18? Casting a net into the sea. What were they doing in Luke chapter 5? They were washing their nets. For they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Let me ask you a question. Is there a difference between being a fisher of men and being told thou shalt catch men? Is there a little difference there? If you you think there's no difference, give me this. If you think there's a difference, give me this. Let's see. Let's see. There's no difference. There is a difference. You don't know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing this. <laughs> yeah, That's a safe bet. Because you don't know which way I'm going. I will tell you, there are times that I have gone fishing that I did not catch fish. Okay? To, to be told you're going to catch men indicates that when you go fishing, you're going to be successful. Right? Okay. So, just a little point. Not, not, not a big deal, but just a little point. I'll make you fishers of men. And they straightway did what in verse 20? They left their nets and followed Him. Did they forsake all or did they just leave their nets? They just left the nets. They did not forsake all, they just left the nets. All right. And going on from thence, He saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother. Where were they? They were in a ship. In Luke chapter 5, both of the ships were unoccupied. And they were men- with their father and they were mending their nets. They weren't washing their nets. And he called them and immediately, what did they leave? The ship and their father. They didn't leave all, but they left the ship and their father and followed him. Well, you can see that they actually had gone back to the nets because they'd been fishing the night that Jesus showed up, correct? So, so, so the only reason that I'm mentioning to you the difference between Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 5 is this Luke chapter 5 is a subsequent event and it had a more profound effect on them because at this point they just forsake it all and follow him. It's a lot like us. That when you first come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you you, you go along with him, but there's still some things that you're involved in that you're doing. And as you walk along with Jesus Christ and mature, there are a few things that you used to do, you're not doing anymore. Is that correct? So this is what's going on in the disciples' lives, that they, they were following Him, but you know, they'd gone back to the nets, and now they've had a subsequent experience with Him that has prompted them to just forsake it all and follow Him. So while they're still messing around with their fishing nets, they're fishing for men, but now they forsake all, they're catching men do you notice and that's it, that's the way it is with us in our christian life you start out just kind of with small commitments to the lord small changes in your life but over a period of time these changes become more and more significant is that not so yeah. so I, I i point that out tonight because look we've got people here that are that still have and so and so so the point being very simply is That you wouldn't expect so much early on as you do a little bit later on. Correct? Okay. Now going back to our text in Luke chapter 5. They had a great catch. Would you not agree? So much so that it nearly sunk two ships. Peter had a humble expression. He Bowed down before the Lord and he said, I'm a sinful man, O oh Lord. He had a very humble expression. They learned a very great lesson. When this man tells you what to do, you do everything he says to do. He said nets. You do nets. They had a new commission. You're not just going to be fishers of men, now you're going to go catch men. And they had a much more complete surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ they didn't just forsake their nets or their ship or their father they forsook all right I would like to propose to you that the very significant things that we have read and discussed and Luke chapter 5 started with a very little response To a very little request. Look back in your text. In verse 3. He entered into one of the ships which was Simon's. And prayed him that he would. In verse 3. Help me with the next four words. Thrust out a little. Everything else that happened in this story. Would not have happened if Simon Peter had not just. Thrust out a little. Just thrust out a little. A a very small thing. Before, Before he launched into the deep, before they had a great catch of fish, before they had a commission to catch men, he just had to thrust out a little. Just thrust out a little. And he did it. Do you understand, do you understand, in this episode when Jesus Christ is in that ship and Simon is right here by the ship, I suppose he had to to thrust it out a little, he had to probably push it, dislodge it a little bit from the shore, maybe lift an anchor or however it's there and just let it go out a little like that. There's an entire multitude of people kind of like you are tonight. Sort of, I'm just, it's kind of like I'm here and then there you are from side to side along the shore of the lake. And to nobody else that was there, he says, thrust out a little. And, and so Peter is sitting there in the ship with the Lord. And, and it seems that there were some other folks that were there with him because those that were with him, the Bible says, it probably helped him get that ship dislodged and they're, they're sitting there Everybody is hearing, Peter hears everything that Jesus Christ is saying, just like you're hearing everything that I'm saying here. But I'm going to tell you, tonight Jesus Christ is in this room, right? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Well, we're a whole lot more than two or three. And tonight, while this is all going on, the Lord has in a very unique way that I cannot explain, through the Holy Spirit, shows up and He says, I want you to do this. And I want you to do that, and I want you to do the other thing, and I want you to, because you've heard a lot of things in this preaching now through the third day that you can do. You can receive the Word of God. You can know the fear of God. You can obey the will of God. You can do the work of God. You can follow the man of God. You understand that those are five things in one sermon that, that you're given to do. You can be fitted in the body, compacted in the body, working in the body. Those are a lot of things that you can do. Uh, you can, you can, you can uh, keep the unity through the bond of peace and the bond of faith and the bond of justice. There's a lot of things to do, but I think there's one thing in, in, in these three, now three days there's one little thing that the Lord wants you to do. Not, not so many big things. Don't lose the notes of the sermons that you've heard. But, but, don't, but don't fail to do the little thing that Jesus is speaking to you personally about while everybody else is hearing all of this that will then allow you to go deeper, go further, go more for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't do the little thing, the big thing never comes. Just thrust out a little. Sometimes what happens in something like this, particularly if you're young, you're just like, I want to preach, I want to start churches all over South Africa, and I want to do great things for God. You'll never do great things for God if you can't do little things for God. Just be obedient in the little thing that, 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 you know, when you go back through and, and you meditate on the, on the sermons and you meditate on the time of fellowship, God, no doubt has spoken to you. If you've come to hear from God, God has spoken to you. Don't miss that little thing. You'll never go deeper. You'll never go further. If you don't just thrust out a little from the land, that little thrust is a big deal. It's a really big deal, uh, and, it's, and it's, just, it's just for you. I, I know in my own life when I've gone just like you are in conferences, and I'm sitting where you are, and I've prayed and asked God, there's always this something, just one, and I'm like, wow, thank you so much. We had a missions conference, and I had preached this message, well, a, a similar message. It's this text. is a little bit different message, but generally the same thought, be listening for that one thing. And I, I'll tell you, when the man spoke it it, wasn't, it, it was one of the missionaries. It was not the guest preacher. And he said something, it just like, boom. I thought to myself, I, I don't even know what to say about what I just heard. But I've had time to meditate on it and consider it. And I'm thinking, that was a thing. God wanted me to hear that was just for me, and He wants me to act on that little thing. Yeah, just that little, just that little thing. Just that little thing. I remember now, back in my life of beginning to follow the Lord, you know how it started at midnight in my house in September of 1986 when the Bible fell open to the longest chapter in the entire Bible. <laughs> And God and I had a long evening where He was showing me my life. I began to read the Bible. We were in the Methodist church at that time, okay, when that was going on. But now I'm reading the Bible, reading the Bible, studying the Bible. A- a- and a curious thing has happened. We, I go to church one Sunday, and the pastor of our church stands, and he takes a text. And I'm, I'm looking at the text, and I'm familiar with the text, and I'm like, oh, this is dynamite. Wow, he's got such a great opportunity to preach the gospel, and no doubt there are lost people in this congregation. And he gets up, and it's blood. <laughs> I'm like What happened? Well, I was in the banking business. What do you do when you want to have a conversation with a client? You take them to lunch. So I took our pastor to lunch and I sat down and I said, Man, you were on such a fabulous passage of the gospel. But you didn't preach the gospel. Why didn't you preach? I mean, I'm curious. I'm not fussing with him. I'm asking, why didn't you preach the gospel? <laughs> Theological stuff. I'm just like, I don't understand. This was such a plain passage on the gospel for people to get saved. Why didn't you preach that? Now, eventually, here's what he said. If I had preached that text that way, half the people in this church would leave, and then who would, who would be here to pay the bills? Wow. I said, you know something, that's an honest answer. And I appreciate you giving me an honest answer, but that's not an acceptable answer. We won't be back next week. But you have to understand something. I was teaching adult Sunday school in that church. Our social friends and church friends were in that church. If you've done any personal work, And you ask people about their salvation, and you find out where they are, but they're in a church that's dead and dying, and they continue to stay. You're like, why do you stay? Well, that's where all of our friends are. So we got some family that go there. I had all that. But we weren't back there the next Sunday. We went to a church that's just, listen, two blocks down the street to the Baptist church. Just thrust out a little. That didn't do much. We didn't go far. Just thrust out a little. Three weeks later, my wife got saved there. You know, that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't just thrust out a little. Wasn't a big move. Now, now, as I've mentioned to you, about Two years later, two and a half years later, the Lord said, okay, now I want you to go from Beville all the way to Florida to Bible College. Launch out into the deep. Right. right? So we went out into the deep. As I told you, my wife went kicking and screaming, but she went. <laughs> yeah. She was astonished, <laughs> but we went. And you know, after a little while, uh, we, we were catching men. And the next thing you know, there's a we come back to Beeville where we'd been, and now now there's now we're pla- we're we're there with a group of people, and a church has started, and and there are people getting saved, and there are people getting baptized, and there are people going off to Bible college. None of that would have happened if we hadn't just, do you get it? Just thrust out a little. You know, one of the one of the most heartbreaking things, and I, I speak to to some of you who perhaps may be younger or maybe zealous and you've really gotten kind of fired up. I'm not the kind of person that that I'm not one of those kind of preachers that people generally get fired up after hearing, because I'm not I'm not trying to intimidate you or persuade you. I want the Holy Spirit to do that. I just want to feed you. Okay. But but you may, in spite of me, might be fired up about doing something for God. One of the most heartbreaking things for people that are in the ministry is what I call bottle rocket Christians. Do you know what a bottle rocket is? Uh, it, it, yeah, it's a fire, it's a type of firework. It, so it's, it looks like a firecracker. Is that what you call them? Firecracker. It's got a big stick on it like that. And you light it in the way that the powder is inside of there, it goes up like this. And when it gets to the top, it goes pow. But then what happens? There's no reason, uh, it would be terrible for you to get very zealous and excited. And I'm going to be here for all four services, and I'm going to go to a Bible institute, and I'm going to street preaching, and I'm going to do everything that's going on in this church. And about two months later, poof, where is he? I don't know. What happened to him? Better to thrust out a little and be here for the deep right. than the <laughs> right? They didn't go to the deep first. They just went out a little, just a little. That's, that's much, much better. Th- that may be the case for some. I'll tell you the, the case for uh, someone else may be this. You may have heard these things through this preaching and you think to yourself, Preacher, if you knew my family situation, if you knew my business situation, if you knew my spiritual condition, you would realize that it's going to be very complicated for me to do these things we've heard. I have a mountain of things that have to change in my life. That may be your spiritual condition. I have no idea. And you might say, I would love to be able to respond to these things that I'm seeing, but I don't even know where to start. There's so much that has to change. Didn't the Lord say that you could move a mountain with faith? Didn't he? But it's hard to imagine when you're looking at your mountain and how this mountain might change. I want to give you something. Why don't you look at that mountain rather as a pyramid than one solid mass? You say, why would I look at it that way? Because you can move a pyramid the same way a pyramid was built. Listen, one stone at a time. Just a little. Just, just go get one stone. Just one little thing in your life that needs correction and go move it where it's supposed to be. And settle it down there until you know it's not going to go back where it came from. And when you know it's settled, then go get you another stone and move that. After a little while, you'll realize that mountain is beginning to move. Do you understand? Because you just thrust out a little. Don't, Don't make the task so big sometimes people uh, look at Christianity and they're measuring whether or not they should really sell out to God and it's like forsake all well they didn't forsake all the first time they just forsook a net and didn't really do a very good job of that (laughs) do you understand just a little just a little something a little change that's permanent is a whole lot better than a big change that's that's not a little commitment that you keep is a whole lot better than a big commitment that you don't keep. Just, just do it. Just do a little. Just do a little something in response. Do that one thing you sense. You say, "Well, I'm not really sure if I know what that one thing is." Then I would suggest to you tonight, or this week, if you have to go straight to bed tonight, this week before next Sunday. Just get on your knees. And say, Lord, was there something little that you spoke to me about that I happened to miss? Was I so consumed with the voice of the multitude around me that I didn't catch that little earshot side where you said to me, thrust out a little? If I did, Lord, I would like you to review with me what it was that we heard these last three days that it will help me to just take that little step that you're wanting me to take in obedience to you so that I'm ready when it comes time to launch out into the deep. Just thrust out a little. And and I will say this as well. Don't beat yourself up when you mess up. Don't beat yourself up when you mess up thrusting out a little. A righteous man falleth seven times, but he riseth up again. You know, the, the Chinese say there's no, there's no failure in falling down. The failure is in not getting back up again. Uh, the, he said, Okay, we're out in the deep. Let down the nets. He didn't let down the nets, he let down one net. All right? He, he messed up. Yeah. Messed up. Well, if you mess up, then to just say, Okay, depart from me. <laughs> I'm a sinful man. How did the Lord respond to that? Fear not. Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Sure didn't look like it the night he betrayed him. Yeah, I mean, it didn't get better. It got a little worse as it got a little deeper. Right? And the Lord came back. He didn't fuss all about him. He just said, Hey, I want to ask you something, dude. <laughs> Do you love me? I love you. Okay, feed my sheep. And man, when Acts chapter 2 came, that man was ready to catch some men. And 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. Woo! I think the Lord made good on His promise. See, you don't realize that just doing that little thing that He's asking you to do now could lead not only to a little deeper walk with him in the near future, but after a few more mistakes and a few more lessons and a few more learning opportunities, so that big thing you'd hope to do now. You get to do it later. If you just thrust out, just thrust out a little, right? Just a little. And recognize when you start going out there in your better walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. I had a young lady, we've got a girl that grew up in our church. You say, how long has she been there? Since nine months before she was born. (laughs) When she was born, the fourth child of her mother, her father left for another woman. And her mother raised her as a single mom. And the other children. But she's been faithful in church. And she's paid attention like you're paying attention. And she came to see me in my office the other day. Now she's 22 years old. She's 22 years old. And I was like, "Well, well, I'm so glad to see you. But why are you here? And she said, listen to this. I have come to seek counsel for decisions I'm making. I'd rather do that than come in here to seek help for mistakes that I've made. Is that not profound? That's really, really good. And so I was telling one of our men that's older than she is, a young man, that's older than she is, who who has made some mistakes, what she said. And he says, well, preacher, I hate to tell you this, but there are going to be some more mistakes. Talking about himself. But what I'm trying to do is get some damage control so they're not too bad. (laughs) Do you understand? uh, What you're hearing from those is one little girl has learned to take those little steps and they're leading to a good walk with the other, with the Lord Jesus Christ. The other made a few mistakes, but he hasn't beaten himself up so bad that he quit coming. He's still coming to church. And he even admitted, I'll probably make some more mistakes. But I just don't want them to have the same bad consequences that some of the other ones I've made. We're going to try to limit the damage. Do you understand? So, so tonight, thinking about this text, next time you read through here and you're coming down through in your regular Bible reading, and you see that little phrase there thrust out a little. Be satisfied. That's a pretty big move when it's the first one that the Lord wants you to take. It's the right move. And I'll pray for you that, that the Lord will make it plain to you, speak to you about what that is, and, and you'll be faithful, even though you might have been up all night, to accommodate the Lord in His request. Amen? Father, we're very thankful tonight to, to get some very profound instruction from a very neat little text. We, we heard
1: last night about the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. What is that one little thing? I'm I'm confident to say this tonight. I think some of you this week, you have accomplished that one little thing. And I'll tell you how. It it is not the cultural norm, and you know this, to come to church service after service after service after service. Some of you probably have workmates, friends, family. When you told them you're going to church on a Monday and a Tuesday, they thought you were out of your mind. But the Lord said, just just thrust out a little. I got some things I want you to hear. And, And you took that step. You know what he's going to say next? All right, let's take this a little further. Get your nets. Now, see, you're at the service, and now the Holy Spirit's saying, all right, grab your nets. Don't try to rationalize your way through and go, well, you know, that, that, that doesn't really seem to make sense. Do it by faith. You heard him say it. Take that step. Hey, preacher, I tried that, and it didn't go so well. I let the Lord down. So did Peter. You're in good company. We have been fed this week. We have been helped. We've been instructed. We've all heard the messages. But in the midst of all those messages, I have no doubt. He's done it for me. I'm sure he's done it for you. He's spoken to you personally. The phrase we use is, you know, reading between the lines. He's spoken to you between the lines. The preacher gave it to us line upon line. And the Lord will drop something in there just between the lines, just for you. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And I'm going I'm to be praying that God takes that little thing, that little decision, that commitment, and he makes it a permanent one. I'm going to be praying that you walk out with the boldness and courage to go out with nets, plural. I'm going to be praying that you don't get swallowed up with overmuch sorrow because of past failures. But that you do this one thing, you forget those things that are behind and just press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He can still use you to catch men. You. If you heard that, I'm talking to you. few minutes we'll have plenty of time to fellowship with each other I'm just trying to give you enough time to do some business with the Lord some fellowship with the Lord before we start talking to each other remember church we don't need a building we need an altar that place to do business with God Years ago I preached in Mayerton, preached a revival meeting there that I was invited to. I preached out of this same chapter. Preached about launching out, going a little further. An old woman stood up that night. He said, Pastor Mike, would you mind if I pray and close close the service? I thought it was an odd request, but I said, Sure, go ahead. He prayed, and after he prayed, he broke down in tears, and he testified to the church tears running down that man's face in his 70s he said that's the first time I've ever prayed in public but God told me to to go just that little further to to launch out into into that deep water it was a little scary for him he said I just wanted to say that I'm filled with joy because I did what the Lord told me to do that's it one one step just that one thing church, I believe God's going to help us moving forward to take what we've heard and take this next step. All of us individually, yes, but as a church as well. We'll just go a little further, a little further. Father, we want to be careful tonight to acknowledge that, that we've, we've heard from you. You've, you've given us the instruction we need. We are prepared, Father. And I say this on behalf of the church. We're prepared to go a little further. Lord, we're, help us, God. We don't want to just take a net. Help us not to doubt you. You don't owe us any multitude of fishes. We just want to be prepared, Lord, for, to be used in whatever way. So help us as a church to do something with what we've heard. And Father, I pray for the individuals in here. Give them boldness. Help them to stick to their commitments. Not to be the bottle rocket. But to keep moving in that right direction, step by step, pressing toward the mark. Father, we want to hang on to what we've heard tonight and let it bring forth fruit in due time. 30, 60, 100 fold. Thank you, Father, for the work you've done. And I trust you're not finished yet, but thank you for what you've told us. Thank you for meeting with us thank you for fellowshipping with us. Lord, I, I do pray you get us home safe. Bring us back tomorrow, Lord. We, we want to finish this meeting off, that special time tomorrow, hearing about what you've done in our hearts. We look forward to that. Thank you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Folks, thank you so much for being here. Please stick around. Fellowship for a